Hey everyone, my name is Ernie Park. I'm your host here for the Part-Timers podcast where we talk about part-time work and other non-traditional forms of work in the tech space. Uh, so today I'm super excited to introduce and interview my friend and former coworker, uh, Jeffrey Chupp. I'll do like a really quick intro. Um, one of the reasons I'm excited to have Jeffrey here is I think he's like the most normal, regular guy. And what I mean by that is he's, um, he's an, one of the nicest people I know, but I think a lot of what he does, people who would listen to this can replicate. Um, he is not some you know, startup entrepreneur who's made a bajillion dollars and hustles 400 hours a week. He, he's just a regular guy, software engineer. Um, so I think it's a very relatable story. So uh, welcome, Jeffrey. How you doing? Thanks, Ernie. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to be boring. Um, I think <laughs> I think most people would agree with you that I am uh, very normal. I do have a weird sense of humor uh, that sometimes gets me into trouble. But other than that, yes, very boring, very replicatable. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, we'll see like the people I send the, this video to and see how much trouble you get into. Um, <laughs> but why don't we start by like, just give us like a little overview of like who you are, both professionally and just in the real world where you're at and all, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, Jeffrey Chupp, I've been in the tech world professionally for like about 20 years now. Um, been doing Ruby on Rails for most of that with like some other stuff interspersed. Uh, even went down into the, the dark mines of Java for a bit when I was at HubSpot with you. Um, and then I've been working remotely for about eight years, uh, which is, you know, put me a little bit ahead of the pandemic curve. Yeah. You were, you were doing um, it before it was cool. <laughs> that's right. Um, and it's it's been really cool to see companies figure that out. Maybe that's something we talk about later. But uh, yeah, so I've been doing that for about eight years. And then I've been consulting, uh, full-time consulting or full-time part-time. Uh, for about a year and a half now. That's awesome. Um, did you mention where you live? I did not. I am in uh, Northwest Georgia. Uh, so I've moved around a good bit, spent some time in the Cambridge area, obviously when I was at HubSpot um, and a few other, working with a few other companies up there. But um, now we're living down south. Uh, it's not my favorite place in the world, but it's nice because uh, cost of living is super cheap. I've got family around here. Uh, that we're really enjoying spending time with uh, as I raise my small children. Um, and we have a good bit of land to sort of, I can just kind of gaze out the window and enjoy nature a little bit uh, yeah. while I type away on my fancy, you know, computer devices. Uh, yeah, so that's a great. A bit of escapism out the window. Yeah, so not, you know, not in a traditional tech hub, but you've been able to make make things work. Um, right. So why don't we like fast forward to like what it's, things are like now and then we can kind of like rewind and kind of play it back. But like, what is your work life look like right now? Um, what's like your regular week and rhythm? What are the jobs you have and things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think like my, I'm every person who thrives in routine and schedule. So my like day to day uh, for the days that I'm working does not look much different than it did when I was at a full-time company. Um, so I, I try to get into work around eight, uh, which for me, there's no commute. So it's like, you know, get dressed. Uh, I, I don't do like the PJ bottoms or anything. Like I, <laughs> I get, I get my, uh, hoodie and jeans and all of that and I'm ready to go. Uh, but I try to start working about eight. Um, I have a hard stop at noon cause I eat my, my kids are homeschooled. So I eat lunch mm -hmm. with them and kind of hang out with them a little bit. Um, try to give my wife a little bit of relief. 
and then try to wrap my day up at five so that I can, you know, get back into family mode. Um, so I, I try to keep a really rigid schedule. Um, so that's what my, like my day to day looks like. Um, I am trying to keep to 32 hours a week. So I, mm-hmm. I take Fridays off, um, on Fridays, I'm trying out a bunch of different things. So I may just be like hanging out with the family and going on field trips with them, or I've got a couple, uh, side projects that I'm working on with some people that, you know, maybe a moonshot may make some money someday, or may just mm-hmm. be a way for me to learn and play with technology. But Friday is kind of like the, the, my day to do with what I will. And maybe something comes of it professionally, maybe nothing does, but, but that's yeah. okay. It's, it's about that's really cool. Time. Yeah. That almost sounds like the, um, the Google 20% time, right? Like that used to be like a huge thing. I, it's probably not really a thing anymore, but it's like, you're doing that for both professional and like personal reasons. It sounds like, right? Exactly. Yes. I want to, to try a whole bunch of things, throw it at the wall, see if anything sticks. And if nothing does, like, you know, at least I, I tried. Um, Definitely. I, and what I'm is, one of those people. Oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask what, like, your main 32-hour week gig is now. Yes. So right now I'm working with a company called Wistia. They're in the Cambridge area. They do uh, online video solutions for, for marketers and for other folks as well. Um, they're, uh, their competitors are Vimeo and, and those sorts of things. So that, that yeah. kind of helps you wrap your head around what they do. Um, gotcha. Super great company, super nice people. Uh, if you're looking for full-time employment, uh, they're a great place to go. Uh, if you're looking for contract employment, uh, I had my foot in the door because I'd worked full-time with them previously. So that's yeah. my in. I, I don't know about others. Yeah, definitely. Makes sense. And, and that, that's what I've heard a lot, you know, that there is some of that um, pre-established relationship. That's where a lot of this stuff kind of comes from. So... Um, well, I, I'd love to dig into that a little bit more, but before that, like, like how did this all start, right? Like you, you worked, you know, we worked together as engineers back at HubSpot, you had a couple other jobs, you know, typical nine to five or whatever, you know, full-time software jobs. Like, how did you decide to make that switch? Like, what was the thinking there and what did that look like? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting story. I think one of the reasons when I look back over my career, uh, reasons that I leave jobs generally come down to a lack of autonomy and control over my my destiny and what I can do and can't do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also, uh, you know me, I'm one of those bleeding heart people. I really pour myself into the the company vision and the message and everything. And so, um, and I, I don't quite think of coworkers as family, but I'm just, (laughs) I'm one of those people, right? I get really emotionally invested in people. So, um, a lot of times that I've left companies have been, where management has like decided to go off in a direction that I couldn't really get behind or feel good about. Are there been some staffing problems or those sorts of things? Um, anyway, all of this just like manifests itself over the, the 20 years that I've been working. And I start to ask questions about well, what, what could I do differently uh, to have more control? And then I start thinking about things like, what could I do to work less uh, so I have more time to spend with my family? My, my kids are growing up and I want to make sure that they felt like I was there for them and, you know, that, that I could actually be there for them too. Not just that sense, but, yeah. um, and then there are these things that I want to try that I, I'm not a young man anymore. I can't like spend all night hacking and still get a good night's, you know, still get like four hours sleep and feel good the next day. Like if yeah. I want to help someone out with their side project or their startup, um, how do I do that? And so all of these things sort of coalesced into this, like, I need to rethink how I work, mm-hmm. um, 
how can I take all these things that work gives me, kind of break them down into their their parts, and then try to reassemble that from different sources. Uh, so like work means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Um, Ashley yeah. Mayer had a good tweet last, uh, sometime last fall, I think. And she, her tweet was, uh, I'll tell you, I'll read it verbatim. Actually, it's sure. one interesting exercise is to unbundle everything you might get or want from a full-time job, mm. purpose, camaraderie, structure, learning, status, cash flow, equity, et cetera, and consider how you might arrange your life to find them elsewhere. Um, so this was from last September. So oh, I, I love that. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's, it's all, it's all the things that I was thinking. She articulated it way better than I could. Um, yeah. so like just trying to figure out how to, like, I need healthcare, right? So that's like the a first obstacle to figure out. And I'm going to need some social interaction if I'm, yeah. you know, a, a mercenary, uh, gun for hire as a consultant. So, yeah, uh, there was a lot of thinking about how do I do that? And a lot of, uh, fear about like, what is failure? How do I, you know, what if I mess everything up? Yeah. Uh, but it also was something I've wanted to do for a long time. And I was, I was turning 40 and it was like this, it wasn't a midlife crisis. It was just really like, you know, well, if I'm going to try it, I probably should go ahead and try it now. I might right. as well. Um, so it was, it was just kind of interesting, good timing there too, I guess. That's great. So I, there, I think there's a lot to unpack there. I think the first thing that I was thinking is like, I feel like I did that very same thing in the last couple of years in the pandemic, like that unbundling of like, what do you get out of work? Yes. And, and I think the very interesting thing there is remote changed a lot of that. Now, obviously you've been doing remote for a while, so maybe, you know, the pandemic didn't change as much for you. But for me, it was like, you know, one of the reasons I loved going to HubSpot every day is like, I love my coworkers. I had a lot of fun. I biked to the office. I got that cold brew. I got that jolt of energy and I got to like shoot the breeze with my coworkers and go to social events as well as working and like collaborating in person and unfortunately, I moved to central New Jersey and I'm not going to get that at like a, right. you know, venture backed SaaS company anymore because there aren't any here. Like I'm looking at my windmill right now. So, you know, <laughs> there's no, uh, you know, glass front, you know, hip um, companies anymore. So, yeah, it forced me to definitely do that. And uh, then you look for some of those things outside of work as well. And that's how I, you know, I ended up where I am. But enough about me. Um, so taking all that consideration you had like um i guess two questions like what did that i imagine there was like a conversation with your wife or family like what did that look like and how did you actually get like your first job or like how did you actually take the plunge yeah. um so the conversation was a little scary um i've wanted to do consulting for a while yeah. like i said um but i was always a little afraid of like i don't know how insurance is going to work like what if i what if I get fired? Like, what if I just can't do the job that I get signed up for, or I can't find enough work? Yeah. Um, so I talked to my wife and did a little digging and like, uh, the affordable care act covered me on healthcare. Um, so I pay too much and get too little, but that's kind of like health insurance in the U S in general. Um, but <laughs> well, this isn't a politics podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No. Uh, the, the conversation with my wife was really like, Hey, look, we've got, this much money in the bank. So, you know, even if, even if I can't get work for a few months, we're, we're going to be okay. Um, we don't want to eat into our savings all that much, but you know, it, it's an option. Yep. Um, and also we're, we're, you and I are super fortunate that the tech market is such that if I couldn't get work for a long enough period of time consulting, I could always go back to a full-time job. Yep. Um, you know, a, a competent tech worker can trip and fall over to a, a startup uh, just walking home. So Totally. I, I, I had that exact same 
logical conclusion, but it was definitely the like psychological and mental barrier to get over. And, and like, I, I think we're just like naturally risk averse as humans in, in some Absolutely. senses. Right. Um, I was like, it's like so hard to get off like the traditional like rails, you know, pun intended, uh, <laughs> like life kind of gives us. So um, I think the thing that really worked for me there, and this is something I've been doing for like the past probably eight years is starting to treat everything as an experiment mm -hmm. um, in, in my life, in my work. And I think that the freeing thing about that is that experiments can fail. And if mm -hmm. you don't have failures in your experiments, maybe you're not trying, you know, crazy enough ideas. Yep. So once you normalize that failure and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to treat this consulting thing as an experiment. And if it fails, then the worst case scenario is like, I've wasted a little time. I've eaten into my savings a little bit, but I can go back to a full-time gig and it's not really that bad. I can say that I tried yeah. it. Um, I've like cleared out that my mind. So I don't have that future regret of, oh, I wish I would have done this when I was such and such an age or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole experiment framework, I think has been really freeing for me to try things out and be, be okay with failure. Um, yeah. and so, well, so I was able to sort of sell my wife on that and, um, feel good about like, okay, I, I can do this. If it falls apart. That's okay. Yeah. Then I was able to start looking for that first gig. Uh, gotcha. and you asked how that came along. So, yeah. uh, your friend of mine, Jeff Dwyer, uh, was working at easy cater at the time. And he, Easy Cater is always hiring consultants. They're also a great company to work with. Um, you should check them out. They're in the, the Boston area. They do uh, online catering, uh, that sort of stuff. So super company. Uh, he set me up with my first gig there. And it was originally like a three-month engagement. Uh, we ended up extending it to be a six-month engagement. Um, went super well. Uh, met a lot of neat people. Did a lot of cool work. So... Yeah, I think having that three month engagement set up up front was also super freeing for me because I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, as long as I do my job well, I've got like at least three months before I have to figure out what the next thing is. Yeah, that's really cool. So was that one part time or was it full time, but just like at a contracted length? Yeah, th that one was full time. Um, I hadn't quite figured out the 32 hour week thing yet. Yeah. And I also, I think, was just anxious to prove myself in the consulting space before I sure. started changing too many things. Yeah. So I, I, I probably could have talked them into, uh, to 32 hours. I know they've worked a lot with companies like ThoughtBot who have that, you know, fifth day flex time and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's not unheard of, but, um, yeah, I think I just wanted to prove myself and, and, uh, part of doing that, I think was just working the full five days a week at that time. Definitely. And like, um, as a, as long as something you're, you're like, you can share, like, you know, at that point, like, you know, what was the difference between being full-time and contracting if you're doing it the, well, was it that, hey, like you, you said before, you know, you're kind of like the bleeding heart, you, you pour out your, like, was it that like, no, like, I know I will be done at this time and then I can like take a breather? Like, what what did that look like? Yeah, that's part of it. Um, I think like when you're a consultant, uh, a few different things happen that are really interesting. One is that the number of meetings you're invited to goes down dramatically because people are suddenly like there's a dollar amount on your time uh, that is a mm. lot more obvious than I guess it is when you're on salary. Right. Like right. Because all these meetings are like, oh, it's part of the company culture or it's part of like understanding the overall mission. And mm -hmm. there's there's a million ways to justify meetings when you're a full time employee. Yeah. When you're a contractor, though, it, it becomes very uh, merciless from everyone's perspective of like, all right, what, what, what information do we really need to give you? And what's the most efficient way for you to get that? Yeah. So it was like, much fear meetings was one part of it. Um, 
definitely like a separation of work-life balance. Uh, it was really, there's like a rigid boundary there that I didn't have before. Mm. Um, so like, you know, if something came up, uh, if there was like an on-call event or something, that's part of the professional side of things. I'm super happy to like hop in on that, like figure yeah. things out. Let's do all this. I want to be super available for that sort of stuff. But I also want to have like a clear boundary of like, I don't need to to pour in overtime to try to get us to this goal. Like we need to work at a sustainable pace. Um, the work's still going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I just want to feel really good about the work that I do today. And then yeah. I can go home and, and be be the rest of Jeffrey uh, yeah. outside of work. That That's really cool. Um, what, what was the hardest part of that transition? Like, was it really hard? Or once you got into it, you're like, oh, no, this just feels like what I'm used to or? Yeah, I think the work itself was was pretty normal. Um, the It really is just like learning how to navigate. What, I mean, you know how this works. Whenever you start a new company, you have to figure out like, who's in charge of what and who do I talk to about this? And then like, there's all these uh, politics and like everything that you, do, you just don't have any sense of at first. So like figuring out how to navigate that and to get what I needed yeah. was a little tricky uh, at first, but it's, it sort of is like the same thing when you start any new job. Um, so, so there's that aspect of it that was a little surprising and tricky, although it should have been sort of obvious in retrospect, yeah. but the actual work and the day to day was pretty straightforward. Um, I think one of the things that I really focus on personally is over communicating. And I think that made it well suited to, uh, me hopping into consulting because no right. one ever has to work, wonder about what I'm doing with my time. Like I'm representing it both in whatever task management system we're using, but also in like asynchronous daily standups and Slack. And, you know, I, I tend to record a lot of little demo, uh, videos to show like progress and that sort of thing. So that, um, yeah, just that over-communication of making sure people always knew what's up. So yeah. the work itself was a pretty straightforward transition. It was really just about overcoming all the nerves around it and the mm -hmm. fear of failure and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. I, one thing um, I, I forgot to mention that you kind of reminded me of, like I, I'm actually working with, I guess I'm technically like the employer of a contractor in a role I'm doing part-time right now. Okay. Uh, but I totally have that same mentality of like, I know this time is finite, so I'm going to like work extra hard to like be really clear on like what we want and like how we get the best results and like work well with this person. Um, and I think it's actually like really healthy. It's like, I mean, arguably what you should always be doing as like a good manager or whatever, but like uh, something about that, like uh shift in mindset that like, I think is actually really good to have a little, uh, like a, like a different kind of working mode. So. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. it, it is tough, right? When you have a, a company, you want it to have like a company culture and you want it to feel like you want it to be hip and inclusive and feel like, you know, people and that you connect with them. And, um, I, I understand all of those things and they make sense. And sometimes I, I even miss them, but gosh, you sure can do a lot more faster when you really just cut it down to the, the, the quick of like, <laughs> what needs to happen? What do we need to make that happen? Yeah. And then everybody's just full steam ahead on that. Definitely. So, Kind of to that point, let, let's like look actually from like the lens of like the employer. So okay. I, as, I, as I've been working on this kind of part-time tech project and, you know, writing blog posts and things like I've, I'm 1 million percent sure that people like me, like you want this. A lot of people want, not everybody, but a lot of people want this option, but employers don't know what to do. A lot of times they're a little scared to do it. You know, yeah. inertia is a thing. Uh, it's hard to break conventions. 
even if there's like a market for it. But obviously you've worked for some companies that are open to at least contracting and now like doing a third tower. How would you say it's like worked for them uh, on their end? Like, how would you think they'd be like, it's been great working with Jeffrey or not? Or <laughs> No, I think so every, I've been super fortunate that every uh, engagement I've had so far has been nothing but success. Um, so at Easy Cater, I, I worked with them to um, redo part of their auth system to share authentication across uh, several of their different apps. And so, you know, that was like a, a scary project to come in and do as a third party. They super much supported me on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, and we flipped the switch and everything just worked. And like it was, it was unmitigated victory. Um, and I think the, the same thing has been true with the other people that I've worked with. And I've received like uh, the like, hey, you know, if you're ever asked in full time employment, please let us know. We would love to hire you uh, from several of the places that I've worked as well. So. Yeah. I think everything feels good there. Um, I think that there's, there's, there is that hesitancy and reluctance to do it. And I think that everybody, uh, to work with someone part-time and to do contracting, um, I think everybody would be happier if I were on staff and still able to deliver the same way I deliver. Sure. Um, it's just easier to fit into their mental mold. And um, again, fortunately, I've been very lucky that they would all like more of my time. So that's been really good too. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's this, one of the ways to sell it, I think, is sort of what happened with EasyCater, why that role was a good fit. Um, it seems it seems wild to like bring in somebody from the outside to work on your auth stuff, right? Like you yeah. have in-house knowledge about it. It's this very bespoke thing. Um, but there's this problem in big companies where they have all these initiatives, they have all of these teams and everybody has their OKRs and their, you know, this, that, and the other that they need to deliver on. But then they also have this other thing that they really wish they could get done yeah. and they just don't have the resources for it. They can't mm -hmm. realign any of the other teams for it. And that's what this off project was. It was something everybody wanted uh, that the business had a real need for, but they couldn't quite figure out how to staff it. And so for problems like that, uh, maybe not off specifically, but for problems like that, bringing in yeah. an outside resource who can be like fully dedicated to this one thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's an additive effect rather than like relocating your existing resources. Oh, that that's like so spot on. Like just from like having been a manager for several years, like that's one of the hardest things, right? Like the reason why things keep getting reorged is like you have to get people bought into a mission and like you want them to be in, invested and own it and all this. And like sometimes it feels like you're like, you got to move this huge <laughs> like stone block, right? And it like doesn't want to move. But like that's sometimes the nice thing about contractors is like, Hey, like, we want you to work on this discrete thing. Like, yes, we should sell you and get you excited about it. But like, you're going to come into it and you're out in a couple of months, hopefully doing a good job and handing it over. Um, right. And that's like kind of freeing. I, you know, I actually pitched when I, this other part-time role I did, I was able to pitch it that way of like, I'm going to be able to add, add capacity. You don't have otherwise, you don't need to interview me and you don't have to manage me. <laughs> we'll right. just check in once in a while. And like, you don't have to worry about my career growth. I'm just going to purely like produce some output and if i don't just cut me off right and it's right. like very you know you don't always want work to feel that transactional but like sometimes it's, it's nice to have that absolutely it's a good option and i think like the part-time thing uh feels very good for me right now yeah and that sort of transactional relationship feels very good now i could totally see a time in my future where i, I sort of swing the other way and i'm like yeah gosh i wish i was more a part of a team and more invested in a mission like maybe i'll be ready to love again someday or something like that <laughs> but um 
So I think like that, that's the other thing to keep in mind is that there's, there's options. Uh, I I knew that I wasn't cutting myself off from future employability or, or anything like that. Um, this is a learning experience and I'll, I'll take those learnings with me to whatever's next, whether it's more part-time consulting or a full-time thing or whatever. Yeah. It's all, it's optionality. You don't have to do it forever and, uh, you get to learn different things. So, um, yeah, I love that. And it's, it's using it as the right tool at the right time from the employer perspective, right? It's not going to work for everything. Um, neither is full-time work. So, um, yeah, I love that. So, uh, let's get to some of the juicier stuff. (laughs) Um, you know, obviously share whatever you're comfortable with, but you know, now versus when you're working full time, can you share how much like money you're making relative to that? Um, obviously inflation and whatever, (laughs) but like how, how's, how does the financial situation shake out for you? Yeah. Um, so I, I've got this darn like, uh, very American aversion to sharing exactly how much money I make. And I also was raised um we were pretty we weren't like poor poor growing up you know we didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of money so i have some guilt about how much money i make now too um so i'll i'll be a little vague i'm always happy to talk in like a one-on-one situation about like actual no. numbers yeah whatever you want for the purposes of this i'll be a little vague and say that um when i when i left full-time employment i was making very good money for an engineer of my seniority in the boston area right so mm-hmm. i'm talking Boston level salary, not like me living in Georgia level salary. Yep. So that was super nice uh, to begin with, um, with cost of living and everything. This year, I expect to make more than that, not by a ton, but you know, maybe 10%, 20% more mm-hmm. while working dramatically less. So oh. 32 hour weeks this year. And also I took off all of January. I plan on taking off all of December. So you know, making more while working less uh, feels really good. I could definitely turn on the knobs and just pour it all yeah. into like, let's just see how much money we can push through this machine. Yeah. But that's not really where my goal is right now. That's great. And you're able to, and, and it's not just about the money too, right? It's you get to spend more time with your family and do like all the other things that are important to you, right? Exactly. And I think that's one of the really interesting things about consulting and part-time work that you don't think about maybe from the full-time perspective is that like when, no matter what you're doing as your job you're trading your time for money right mm-hmm. but when you're you're doing that hourly it's a lot you have a lot more like fine-grained uh control over how much of your time you're spending um and how much money you're making yeah. and so um recently i picked up a project that uh filled in my fifth day so i was not doing the 32 hour week um just for it was just going to be a few days uh, and that was fine. Like it's good money. It's a, it's a good project. They're good people. Um, but as I reach the end of it, I'm thinking like, you know what, that extra day actually is worth more to me than the mm. amount of money that I was billing for it. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so fascinating to think about things that way and to have that level of control because yeah. while, while my rate was a constant, uh, that like once you reach a certain number of hours, it's almost like, oh man, actually I should be charging more for this top level of hours because it starts to become more precious to me. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm uh, going to have to let that one go and just <laughs> get back to my 32 and uh, yeah. have that, that rest. That's so funny because I've encountered the same thing and like there's like a healthy way and an unhealthy way to look at it. Like I once I started getting paid hourly, I was like, I have a number I can attach because I could work as much as I wanted. There's like a literally a number I can attach to 
whether I do this task or not. Like, yeah. should, I, I have a lot of grass. I have a lot of acres. Like, should I go mow it? And it's like, you know, without sounding pompous, like there's no math equation or dollar sense to me mowing my own lawn versus paying yes. somebody. But at the same time, you can't value your life in dollars for like every little thing. It's like, should I go to the bathroom now? It's like, ah, like, <laughs> um, exactly. so, but I, I hear you on the less extreme side of like, yeah, like, like that's not worth it. I, I'd rather spend time with my family or whatever. So that that's, um, yeah, that's really awesome. Would you, um, would you ever go back to full-time work like nor- normal full-time work? Um, I would, I would never say never. Uh, so I think it's, it's definitely possible. Yeah. It would be a really tough sell at this point, uh, just because of the freedom that I have. I think, you know, there's, I could make more money in certain full-time roles, certainly. Um, just like, you know, FinTech or, or whatever, uh, yeah. things that I probably don't want to do anyway. But, um, I think that the freedom and the optionality uh, that I have right now is just worth so much to me yeah. that it's a little hard to imagine. Um, that said, there are some days when I really miss uh, full-time employment, just the, the camaraderie and that sort of stuff. So yeah. part of my challenge right now is, it goes back to that unbundling, right? Like <laughs> I am not a super uh, social person. I'm fairly antisocial and like introverted and that sort of thing. So um, I need, but I do need some social interaction. Uh, so I have to figure out ways to do that in a way that isn't like just naturally drawn in from work interactions. And yeah. um that's that's tough for me uh but it, it's a totally solvable problem it's just something i need to figure out uh Definitely. so yeah i mean i miss it sometimes it could happen again but it would be a tough sell right now yeah cool well um i'm a dumb and i didn't plug in my ba- my charger so here's the last question for you <laughs> <laughs> well what what's your advice to someone listening who's like oh i'm an engineer like that sounds awesome i would like to you know i would like to consult and potentially even work a few hours and get paid more, right? Or, you know, similar amount. Like what, what's your advice to someone trying to break in to do something similar to you? Yeah, I think uh, my advice really is just don't be scared. Uh, you probably have more safety nets than you think, hmm. or you can start building up like that war chest in your savings. It's like, all right, let me give myself a few months of runway. And I know that's hard to do, especially with inflation the way it is. But if you can build up that few months of runway so that, the cost of failure is, is relatively small, then try it. It could be worth it. Um, I think the other advice I have is to start today being that person that is like the no brainer of like, Oh, I want to work. I want to work with Ernie again. Cause Ernie does really good work for sure. Um, my whole aesthetic in my career, uh, has really been to try to like outwork and out nice people. And if I can do those two things, then I become memorable as like, oh, no, Jeffrey could absolutely take care of this thing. Or I really liked working with Jeffrey. Maybe we could get him back in here. Uh, and once you've sort of established yourself and you've carved out that runway, um, you can start working your network, find a ton of leads. I have not had to do any pounding of the pavement to try to find people to work with. It's all right. come to me inbound from my network as soon as I said I was looking for work. And, and that's one of the scary things people don't want. People, most engineers don't want to be salespeople. Right. They don't want to have to find business. And it sounds like that's really been a non-issue for you. Yes. There's so much work out there. uh, You would be shocked. Once you start looking, it's, I wish I could spin up more instances of myself because (laughs) there's so many interesting things to do. So many interesting people to work with. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm saying no to things all the time. And that's like, that's a very good place to be because I can be a little picky about like, 
oh, you know, I, I like this problem space is more interesting or these people seem, I don't know, uh, uh, more interesting to work with. So it's, yeah. it's really cool to have these options. Well, you said it like because you outworked and outniced other people when we worked together for only, I think, like about a year, like 10 years ago, you are now fighting every inkling in your body, showing your face to the world and talking on a podcast. So that's right. Uh, Jeffrey, this this was really awesome. Uh, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Awesome, Ernie. I'm so glad that you're doing this and helping more people realize like the, the possibility that's out there uh, in part time. Awesome. You're very welcome.